Welcome to Share the Stage. We are live once again in full effect. I want to thank everyone for being part of our broadcast. We're going to double check to make sure our audio is great. I hear it on the Facebook, all of our audience. Make sure you guys like and share. Today we have a special guest with us. We have Melody Seifert from the book, The Patio. She's a screenwriter. She is an amazing person who has made a lot of impact on the world. And we're gonna talk about one, where she found her inspiration at when it comes to writing. And we're also gonna dive into how maybe she can share with us some ideas on how we can find our creative genius as well. As you guys may already know, here on Share the Stage, our goal is to bring content to the world that can help impact a change. And today's title is Defining the Moment of Change. Melanie, welcome to Share the Stage. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Shante. I am very happy to be here. Excited to be here. You're I've excited. actually spent pretty much the whole day getting ready for this. <laughs> yeah. And I believe it. I believe it. You know, I don't think a lot of people really fully understand the excitement, the energy, the level of nervousness that comes with having your own show or just being a guest on the show. It does take time, folks. So there's a big sacrifice that we are making to bring you this content. And in return, all we ask is that you like and share. We also would like for you to make sure that you put any comments or any questions that you might have for our guests today on the show. As we begin the show, like always, I want to ask you a few things. And the first thing I want you to do is, is can you just introduce yourself to the, to the audience? Who, who's Melanie? Um, and tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, my name is Melanie Seifert. I am, well, I think I've, I've been a writer all of my life, my entire life. Um, but before I get into the writing part, I um, actually went to Tuskegee University and then um, came back to California because tuition was getting a little expensive for me as an independent student. And I finished my education in um, Cal Poly, Pomona. Oh, wow. Where, <clears throat> where I um, received my teaching credential, my, um, my ma not my master's, my um, bachelor's degree. And then I went in into teaching at San Gregorio High School in San Bernardino. Sanji. Sanji, right. And so when I was there, well, I'm still there. But while there, I um, started a after school program, my Black Student Union. Um, and I have a, a co advisor with me, Mr. John Brennan. And as we were starting this program, I realized that a lot of my students or members, because a lot of the members were not students of mine. Some of them were, but most of them weren't. But a lot of them were just looking for something creative, something, you know, a safe space to be. And right. um, I actually started the, the club because there was a student who actually wanted to start the program. And I was like, well, I'm kind of busy. I've got this and that. My children were young. They were in sports, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, I don't even know if I have time to commit to something like that um, because I have this other club. 
but he assured me that, you know, it wouldn't be more than I could handle. And I said, well, as long as you get a co-advisor in case, you know, I have to, because my kids were young and I needed to be there for them. So, you know, they're traveling athletes. So I had soccer, I had football, I had baseball, I had softball. It was all of that. So I needed to make sure that if I was going to take on this responsibility that I would have another person to pick up the slack should there ever be any. Well, needless to say, there was very little, very little slack. I, I, because I fell in love with the club and what the club was doing because it, I, I just saw these kids that were just needing, needing a place, needing something to express themselves. Yes. And so as I was um, developing the, the club with the, the president at the time, um, I decided, well, I want them to have, ex I, I want them to have an experience in this club. And what kind of experience can I, I help to make happen for them? So that got my wheels thinking. And I thought, well, we need money. Because I was doing everything and I still do everything solo, pretty much. I wasn't looking for sponsors or anything like that with the club. And so I decided, well, I'll write a play. And then we'll charge people to come to the play. And with whatever monies we make, then we will, as a club, have, you know, an end of the year activity. Well, long story short, short. I, you know, wrote the play and it was a huge success. Um, we raised something like $1,200 in wow. one night, in one night, which was amazing. I did not keep any of the money for myself. It all went to the students. It all went to the, and it's still, and I still do the same thing. Wow. So, um, with that success, I wrote another one. So we, then we had two. And so at the end of the year, um, the, I said, okay, so we made this money. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do with the money? And um, the kids wanted to go to Magic Mountain. Okay. I said, no, no, no. no. It's like, all we do at Magic Mountain is stand in the lines. We're not doing that. I said, we're going camping. And um, that camping trip is now the staple of the club. Everybody looks forward to this camping trip at the end of the year. And then we have a, a banquet. And so that was really where I picked my writing back up. I had been writing, like I said, I've been writing forever, but that's when it, um, it came back alive for me. And I, and I found my passion again for writing. And I started doing like two plays a year Oh wow! for the club, for the club to actually raise funds. And it, like I said, it's been a huge success and we've made lots of lots of money for the club and again um, none of the money went to me it was all for the kids all for the kids well thank you thank you so much for looking out for the young people young people all need some place to express themselves and why not in theater and to yeah. be part of that i'm sure i'm sure they appreciated you for bringing that to their uh to their world because I remember times when I was in high school, I was in speech class and I participated in theater a few times and I, I loved it. I loved it. It was, it, it taught me a lot, it taught me a lot. So what was the name of the play that you wrote? 
oh, the name of the play, the first play was Coming Out of the Dark. And it was about the, um, the enslaved man travel from Africa in through slavery, in through the um, civil rights movement, and then into um, freedom. Okay, okay. <laughs> Quality, um, and it was a large success. We had dancing in it, we had music in it, and the kids absolutely loved it. They loved it, and I think they mostly loved it. One because it was uh, it was about our culture, you know. It yes. Was, it was an enrichment of our culture and of our music, and uh, you know our voices, and they really did gravitate to that. How important is it to, for you to 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 be able to bring art and theater to young people. To do that, I mean, I'm sure you had some kids fighting against it. How did you deal with those kids who's like, I ain't doing that, that ain't my job, I ain't doing this. You'd be surprised, I never really, there were maybe a couple that were kind of stage, you know, stage fright, they weren't sure about being able to do it, but, I think, you know, they watch TV, they watch movies, just like everybody else does. And then to be able to do what they see those people do, I think that was something that they were really excited about. You know, I'm an actor, I'm, you know, I'm a dancer, I'm a singer. And so for me, you asked the question, how important is it for me to do that? Um, well, for me as a child, like I said, I, you know, I've been a, an avid writer all of my life. and I, like you, was in theater from junior high all the way up and through college. And then outside of college, I took some professional courses. Right. Um, I always felt like I wanted to be in the movies. You know, I wanted to be in the movies. I, I love film. And I really wanted to help enrich our, our students, well, our members' lives with art through the yes. arts. Yes, yes. Yes, so yes. Extremely, extremely important because it's an expression of themselves. It's something that, you know, belongs to them. So, that, yeah, I, I can't let that go. Well, I tell you what, you know, when you find your passion into something, it's definitely hard to let go. It's always tugging at you, even at a time in the life when we, for some reason, you know, life happens to all of us and right. change happens to all of us. And either change happens from one or two sources. Uh, my mentor told me this. It said either change is going to happen by inspiration or the other is going to be out of desperation. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And, you know, hopefully we can all be inspired by inspiration, but it's not, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes we get so desperate that change has to happen. And yeah. Speaking of change, I, you were the author of the book, The Patio. Um, I haven't had a chance to read the book, but yes. what inspired you to write this novel? Well, first of all, it's a love story. And um, like I said, I've always been a fan of the movies and of film and all of that. But I was going through a difficult time in, in my relationship and I was working nonstop uh, between the working and the club because the club takes lots of time you know it's i'm done with my day job at 2 30 and i don't leave the school generally until like 
637. So it's like a whole another part-time job. And then it was go home with the kids and do all of that. And so um, needless to say, my relationship had pretty much started to, you know, fizzle. Um, just not enough time in the day, not enough attention, what have you. And I was just missing, I was missing a love story in my own life. And since I um, couldn't or wasn't getting that from my real, you know, face-to-face experience, I, I decided to write it, to write a love story. And that's really, you know, that's really what happened. That's really why this story came to be. Wow. I'm sure it's a very, very interesting story. Um, You know, I've been married for the last 27 years. And out of that, you know, relationships, we all have our ups and downs. We all have our defining moments within our relationships. So in this particular story, how, how did you write it? Did you write it in story format or is it someone in hindsight, looking back of what took place or, cause you know, you watch these movies and when you hear about love stories, you know, some of them is just dogging us men. So I don't know if that's the case or not. I don't know. Is it the woman's perspective or, or what? No. Well, uh, first of all, the, the, the patio is about a, a young woman named Andrea Pierce. Okay. Who has pretty much been, I would say kind of like, uh, a nerd pretty much all her life, a brainiac. She spent a lot of time in her studies. She comes from a very, very wealthy family. Um, and she's just not ever had a romance. So like that whole, that whole thing, you know, teenage love, first love, all that stuff skipped her. Like she never got that. So she, you know, kept her nose in books and all of that. But then at, you know, her in her mid 20s all of a sudden her 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 eyes open up to this beautiful man that she just can't take her eyes off of it's just like this instant magnetic pull and it turns out that he feels the same way about her and so um so the story is now about, okay, so she had this big plan about her career and what she was going to do with her career, but now she's met Jake and what is she going to do? What is she going to do? Is she going to just let love sweep her off her feet and that be that? Or is she going to somehow try to figure out a balance in this? type of in this relationship is there a balance in here can you balance love and career and, and how do you do that effectively so that's pretty much it in a nutshell but you gotta read the book well you know what i'm gonna read the book i make sure i get a copy of the book definitely i want to read it uh i'm i usually don't read non-fictional books i i mean fictional books i usually read non-fictional books but when i was a young kid i used to always read a lot of uh, fictional books, and I really enjoyed fictional books. And I'm an avid reader, by the way. I read every single day, at least 15 to 30 minutes. So audience, make sure that you guys read. It was something that has been said. I remember it clearly. It says, someone who can't read is just as bad as someone who don't read. So so reading is very important. But you, you mentioned something uh, 
with your with your explanation of the book about finding balance between uh, love and career. I, I know as a man, our goal and my goal is to get out there and 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 make the money and and bring it home to the wifey and and let her be able to go out and shop and and you know she takes care of the kids and takes care of the family. But us men, you know. We, 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 we're out there hustling and bustling and trying to make it happen. So sometimes we're not going to have the, the balance to be able to give into the household because sometimes we are just so worn out from all the fighting outside of the home. But now in the 21st century, year 2020, uh, a lot of women for decades have, have been out there, single moms and just out there hustling and bustling and and they're basically having both roles. They are now the breadwinners and some men are at home just, you know, cooking, doing the things that the women had one time was doing. So, you know, and and the only way men can show their strength is, you know, be strong, but sometimes they can be strong in the wrong way and be domestic violence men, crazy. Um, (laughs) So how do you have the balance? How did, how as a woman, you know, did you balance that love and that career? Well, for me, you know, and I just said to you, um, my relationship had started to dwindle, but there was more involved with my relationship at the time. Um, um, my husband at the time was um, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So there was illness involved. And so that was very, that was very difficult at the time for us. Um, but I did find it very challenging to balance it because I was very dedicated to what I was doing in my, in my day job. And I was very dedicated to what I was doing with my children and um, the, the husband at the time, it it just kind of, kind of fell away. Um, Now in hindsight, I do believe that you can, you can find balance, but it definitely takes an effort. Um, a lot of couples, and I can only speak for myself, but a lot of couples, when you're in this relationship of marriage or just a partnership, you um, you forget to date. You you forget what it was that sparked that romance. And so you fall into these habits of get up, go to work, come home, eat dinner, maybe, you know, watch TV, and then you go to bed. And, you know... Maybe there's a night or a couple of nights that maybe you might connect in an intimate way, maybe not, but you just forget to date. Like dating kind of falls away from, from a relationship and that excitement of, you know, going out on a date and, and, you know, me, I like to get dressed up and all that sort of stuff. So I, I very much now in, in the relationships that I develop and, you know, um, nurture I definitely keep that very present in my mind that I still very much want to date the person who I'm, I'm with. And so, you know, you, you, you have to purposely live. You can't just think that, oh, you know, we're together. Every, you know, I love you. You love me. We're all good. We're good. good, good, good. But you got to purposely keep that excitement alive. You know, you purposely do things to, um, nurture that that intimacy and it doesn't have to be just sex i'm talking about you know going to the beach walking holding hands you know um 
you know, kissing, uh, just cuddling and that, that keeping that love connection together. That's right. important. Yeah, it, it, it's very important. And, and I, and I totally agree with you. It is, it is so important because a lot of times, uh, men and, and women, we both, we, sometimes we do forget just those little things, those little subtle things can be so, so important in keeping the fire going in relationships. And, you know, you, you wrote a whole novel on it though. I mean, so it's, it's a little, you have a different experience, uh, of that based on someone who was documenting their story, but yet it's fictional at, at, at the same time. But I'm sure there's some things in there that are, are, are maybe not quite fictional. It might be like the real deal, Holyfield home runs out the ballpark type of reading. So for those of you who haven't read the book, make sure you pick it up because it's important that you find some of the juicy stuff in the book. Cause I'm sure some juicy stuff in there. <laughs> Uh, so, 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 let, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. As a writer, as a writer, I know I, I've, I've written a book in the past and I know the challenges that writing can have uh, because for me, I'm, I'm like a perfectionist. So yeah. Yeah. I always got to make sure that everything is right. And I realized that when I wrote my book, that there was some things in it that just wasn't quite right. And if I would have, and every time I reread it or looked at it, I found something new. And yeah. I was at a point to where I had to just stop looking at it and just get it out to the public. So my question is how long did it take you in order to actually write the book and, and, and get it out to, to the people so they can read it? What was your well, what was your process? Well, the the process, of course, is you know writing writing the story, getting the story out. Um, and for me, it because I was so impassioned about it and um, missing it. For me, it was almost like I was as I was writing it, it was like I was having this love affair. So it was very um, therapeutic and. You know, I wrote just relentlessly. I just was like nonstop in every free moment that I had, I was writing, I was writing the story. But then after you have written the story, um, what I now know is, you know, for me, I, I, I have a, a literary agent. And so my literary agent is, is awesome. You know, she totally takes care of me. But um, what my suggestion is for a lot of people who are out there who are maybe considering writing, um, you really would benefit to take a professional writing course. Oh, because I see. There's, there's just so much about writing story. It's not like, you know, like when I was in high school and I took creative writing and you're just writing your thoughts and poetry and all of this, uh, writing a book that you want to sell, you know, writing a book that you want to sell it has a, a lot of other pieces, a lot of other moving pieces involved in it. Um, you know, you've got to consider your, the, you know, the laws on intellectual property. You've got to um, consider your um, story structure because every story has a specific structure that you have to follow. And so that your readers are not all over the place 
because your, your, your thoughts are kind of all over the place. So you really have to have, follow a structure um, to your story. And that, story, that um, structure is called the arch plot structure. And you use it in pretty much any story that you write. It could be screenplays, it could be, you know, plays, it could be like novels, fiction or nonfiction. You, you really have to set this up in this way. And once you, once you do that, um, and you've secured maybe an editor, you need someone to read it because uh, what, what you said was really funny to me. This <laughs> is like, what I've found is that sometimes writing a story, you think that you're done with it. And like you said, you keep going back and you're finding something else and you keep finding something else. And it's like, so writing is, is a series of rewrites. It's just right. a rewrite right. because you're, you're polishing it is what you're doing. You're polishing the story or you're polishing the book. So that it's more comprehensive to the reader that it's concise and it makes sense and it's you know blending together because like i said if you don't follow the the structure of a story then you can tend to be all over the place so outlining creating like a beat sheet or or something similar to that so that you do go step by step by step and it's all together it all blends together and it all makes sense in the end and then of course getting some other eyes on it having someone cover the story a cover is you know where someone reads it and they they figure out you know what who the antagonist is who the you know have you done a good job on building your your characters you know like character development is there so we can see why these people are making choices that they're making in the story that brings them more alive, it makes them more real, makes people resonate with them. So it it really isn't just about oh I've got a story, you know. There's there's a little bit more to it than that. Wow, wow. So that means you've got to take some serious thought. It's a thought process, obviously. And yeah. you know, I, as you were speaking, I was just thinking uh, when when a, when a speaker tells a story or when anyone tells a story in their business, at home, or the nonprofit, we all have these stories. So you have to be able to have some type of format when developing that story. So when that when you said structure, so I'm, I'm thinking that it's probably around the same. You gotta have an opening, a middle, and a close, right? And yeah. I know a lot of stories that I see on television, it's like either from rags to riches, you know, they like hearing people love hearing stories of rags to riches on how on how you were so poor and you just couldn't eat and you was drinking out of a faucet and you know and it was and all of a sudden I love that story, the hero's journey. Oh the hero yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of different types of genres and knowing what your genre is is important too. And that's what I'm saying as far as taking these classes, because then you're going to be better prepared and build, you know, create a, a more, a better story, a more interesting story. Well, I'm going to say all the audience members who's watching right now, I'm on that hero's journey. I'm still trying to get to the riches. All right. So you guys are watching the process of the hero's journal. We're going we gonna to be able to come back, you know, hopefully by the end of this year, I can be like, well, you know what? I started the show. I had like five viewers and all of a sudden, now we got 5,000 viewers. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, the story of his rags to riches is like this, this, this character, 
is, you know, has a challenge. It's something that they're not necessarily um, happy with in their, in their um, current situation. And they, they want to make a change. They want to, you know, grow into something else. And so, yeah, you know, a lot of us are on that hero's journey. So. Yes, we are. So characters or, or are, are coming of age, you know, that's another, that's another um, story plot. So there's a lot of different story plots or, you know, themes that you can go with and just knowing what they are helps you better create your story. What is your story? Okay, so in the book, The Patio, what is the, what was the story plot in, in The Patio? It was really more about a, a coming of age, even coming though a, a lot of people would say that, you know, coming of age is generally for like younger, a younger um, person, but Andrea is kind of like, she skipped some stuff. Like she skipped that whole teenage development stuff. Oh, I and see. Now she's she's doing it in her 20s, like she's like 20, I think she's 24, 25, something like that. But for her, it's it's coming into herself. It's, she doesn't even know herself in this way. So it's a so it's a coming of age story. So she is taking us on a journey of having a certain mindset to now, after certain experience have a uh, have a defining moment what we call it a defining moment that changed the way she views her per, a new perspective is is yeah, that is yeah, that a, is yeah. that a good way of uh, summarizing that uh, yeah cuz she she had pretty much thought well maybe love's not for me love's maybe not for everybody and so she's really just lived her life just like whatever not even giving it a thought and the thing about it is that she's gorgeous like she's really beautiful but she just kind of stayed you know to herself stayed in the lab um didn't necessarily give it a thought and then all of a sudden this man walks in and she's like well damn you know what is that who is that and then it just so happens that he's interested in her and he's like whoa you're interested in me like me like that's different and her the whole life changes after that so then the whole entire one, love story begins encounter, everything changes you know that's kind of like when i met my wife it was just like that i just like yeah. you, you're gonna be my wife one day i told her she's like yeah right 17 18 years old right like yeah sure i am you crazy guy sure uh-huh yeah right 25 years later right so Hey, right. we, we still figuring it out, but I, I am excited about, you know, sharing your story, uh, the, the patio with our audience, because I think we all need to be able to get a different perspective. And I guess all of us are looking to find love in, in one thing or another. And hopefully that book will be able to help change some people's perspective and uh, at the same time, give them some, some ways to be able to, to, uh, to enjoy, enjoy some, some really good art. Yeah. Some really good art. You know, Melody, as a writer, I know that you probably are working on some new things as I know as creators, we, we have so much going on within our, our mind and, and then all of a sudden we're like, I'm on a brand new project because the old one just doesn't fit. Are, are you working on any new projects right now? Oh my God, I'm, I, I'm always working. Uh, currently, 
I am writing the second installment of the patio and I am writing a screenplay. Oh, wow. What's the, what, what is the screenplay about? The screenplay is, uh, it's a little, it's about relationships. It's a, another relationship, but this one's a little twist. So, um, I, I can't really get too deep into it yet because the story's still kind of unraveling. All right, all right. It, it definitely is about relationships and, you know, how, um, you know, again, this woman who is very successful, she owns her own um, what um, marketing firm. She's very, very established and well-educated, and her husband is the same. She's married, but... He has expectations that she is the woman and she's got to, you know, do her job, like you said earlier, do her job and take care of the house. But, and, but he doesn't do any of the taking care of the house or taking care of the family thing. He just goes to work. Okay. And she has to carry everything else. And so she's at a breaking point. She's at a breaking point. Like she's had enough. Wow. Let me ask you, as, as a as a writer, do you sh have you ever shopped like a movie to Hollywood or to to a director and say, hey, you know what? I've got this wonderful story I've already written. And then you presented it to them. Have you ever yeah. done that? Yeah, we, we call that pitching. Pitching. We see, yeah, <laughs> we call that pitching story. Um, and actually, I um, during the pandemic, I enrolled in a um, professional writing course with KMP Entertainment. And one of the things that we did during during that that um, course was to learn how to write a professional screenplay. And in that course, I wrote what um, I wrote my screenplay called Block Shots. And at the end of the course, we actually had to pitch it to some of Hollywood's biggest people, you know, and these are, these are script buyers. Um, and I tell you, my teacher is so great. Like she's so great. Um, Michelle Murray, she's awesome. But so she brings in all of these really high wigs, all these, you know, um, experienced actors, and she brings in some very heavy duty script writers. And we have to pitch our story in front of them. Oh, wow. That's exciting. And, and all of that. And I, I pitched my story, Block Shot. <clears throat> and um, I was very fortunate that one of the producers fell in love with the story immediately and was like, uh, we need to talk because I want to I wanna do this project. And of course, I was just over the moon because it was like, what? Like, does this really happen? Like, I thought this was just like a practice kind of thing. Is this real? So right. he absolutely loved the story. He loved the, the character. He loved the, the structure, everything. Um, but unfortunately, he passed away during COVID, which was horrible. Oh. But um, what happened was some of the... Um, producer friends and um, people in Hollywood wow. that knew him, his name was Mr. Patrick Shaw. Um, they decided that they wanted to pick up some of the projects that he was working on as a means to help, you know, the family, the remaining family. 
And so I was contacted and they told me that they definitely want to revisit the block shots um, movie screenplay that I had wrote because they definitely knew that it was on Patrick's docket of things that he wanted to do. So at this point, you know, we're still just, you know, waiting. COVID still has a lot of, I guess, impact on the industry of Hollywood and everything. So yes well yeah. wow that's that's a story by itself yeah i mean that that is i could see the plots in that but the, how how unfortunate uh for that to happen for him to pass during COVID. COVID was such a tough difficult time and so many people have had so many different experiences that have changed their lives dramatically in so many different ways um i know that you know, writing is, is, is your passion. And when it comes to writing, I'm sure clarity is probably key. And so many of us are not clear on what we want. So right before you start to write, I'm sure you, do you have a process of getting clear, you know, because there's so much that can come out when you start to be in a creative mindset to, to find exactly what, what it is that you're doing. How do, do you have a process that you might share with us on how to get clarity? Well, like I said, I, I think it's different for everybody. I really do because I talk to other writers and other authors and, you know, there are some that, like I said earlier, they will just sit down and they come up with the idea of the story and then they do what we call a beat sheet, which is, you know, this happens. Well, then what moves this person or this character to the next Thing or next important thing that happens in their life. So they just kind of outline the story in that way. Um, for me, story just breathes on its own. It just has its own life. You know, oh, wow. I just sit down to the computer and I know I want to write this, you know, uh, or, or that. And then I just start typing away. And as I'm typing, the next thing happens, the, na the next natural thing happens, the next natural thing happens. Oh, wow. And, and, um, and that's how I've written, I think, all the time. I've always written like that. So for me, the clarity is, is in the thought process. As I'm thinking, the characters, it's like, well, this would naturally happen or this would not naturally happen. So for me, that's how it is for me. I, I, you know, for other people, like I said, there's all kinds of ways people choose to write. I see, I see. So the clarity is there. It's just that it you know what you want. So that so you have an idea of the characters, which gives you the the basis of where to begin. Um, well, the characters are actually born. You know, like you'll have um, you'll have like one character, right? You'll have mm -hmm. this one character. So it'll. It'll either be a, a protagonist or an antagonist. So you'll get this one character first for me. I'll get this one character first. After I get that one character, then the other characters just start to introduce themselves. I follow. You know, is it going to be a best friend that's going to come in? You know, is it going to be a parent that comes in? Is it going to be uh, a lover? Is it going to be a boyfriend? Is it going to be you know an enemy or you know? Uh, a hater or and so they just start introducing themselves to the story wow 
Wow, that's good. That that is so good because I, I I'm I'm thinking about the subject of clarity and 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 I realize that nothing really begins w without having clarity because you can just be so confused and not get anything done. So as a writer, I'm sure that as you begin that process, like you said, it just comes to you. But but it's like a picture developing to be able to have this final fine piece of art completed similar to this picture behind me you know it's just yeah, yeah. it's you you see the whole picture you see the whole picture um let me ask you this what makes you happy love life my spirituality my family my friends peace, oh, peace. time alone <laughs> Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's well, good. I, there's a lot of things that make me happy. It's not just one thing. Okay. I, I'm generally happy. I think most of us are generally happy unless we're thinking about something that makes us unhappy. True. So true. So true. Did you guys catch that? Did you guys catch that? I hope you guys caught that because that's a nugget. She said we're generally happy unless we start thinking about something that makes us unhappy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, everything everything does begin with the thoughts and uh thinking will make it so. I really appreciate you sharing your time with us today. I I really respect that. Um I want to ask before we go cuz I know we've been talking for approximately around 40 45 minutes. Uh and uh, I, how can people reach you? How can people get in contact with you to to purchase the book, The Patio? Well, I do have a website, but I have to be honest, I, it's under construction, but it's up. Okay. It's, it's journeyintoimaginationaltogether.com, journeyintoimagination.com, or um, you can get the book at the, the I, I think I gave you the link earlier. You it's, did? I'm going to post it. I'm going to post it. I will be posting the link inside our comment section for those of you who are interested in buying the book. Yes. We would definitely um, do that. Also, you can also reach me at um, empoweredliving um, at gmail.com or you can, you know, find me on Facebook or Instagram. Find her on Facebook or Instagram or empoweredliving.com. Today's no, guest. Not.com. Not um, it's empoweredliving at Gmail. Oh, empoweredliving at Gmail. All right. You guys make sure that you guys support this young woman as she continues her journey to bring light to the world by sharing the gift of writing. I hope this conversation has inspired someone to to take that story that you have in your mind and put it on paper and get it out. Don't wait. We need it. We need it. We need more authors, speakers, coaches, people to inspire the world. Today's guest has been Melody Seifert. She has been a phenomenal guest. You did such an amazing job. Thanks for coming to share the stage and sharing with us some of the great strategies on how to become a writer. And I know I'm inspired. I'm getting ready to start figuring out how, 
how we can work together and, and write a screenplay. I've got a couple of ideas in my head. I just don't know how to bring it out. And I think, you know, coaching is so important. Coaching is so important. You mentioned working with a coach, someone that has helped you. So, you know, guys, ladies and gentlemen who are, are part of the share stage uh, audience today, don't don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, we we don't have it all figured out. Sometimes we have to be willing to to ask someone to help us get to our goal. And you'll be surprised. There are so many people waiting on you to ask. Um, and we ask for help not because we're weak. We ask for help because we want to remain strong. So make sure that you use that 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 gift that you've been giving and don't die with it you know don't die with it before i let you go melanie can is there one last word that you'd like to share with the with the stage with the audience is there one thing that you'd like to leave us with well i didn't think about that but just off the top of my head i would say to always follow your dreams always always follow that um I think that the things that we are naturally gravitating towards, um, for example, for me, I was reading books and all of that at you know a really young age, um, just in love with books and in love with story. Um, and then I turn out to be a writer, right? I've become a writer. So I think that those dreams and those things that you are naturally gravitating towards are part of your purpose and they should not they should not be ignored so pay attention to those things that's that's important well that right there is wonderful that is so good pay attention to them and and we want to thank you again for being part of the stage hopefully we'll get you back and make sure you guys go find that book the patio Thanks again, Melanie. Enjoy your day, your week. Have a happy 4th of July holiday. And I'll see you guys next week on Share the Stage. Thanks for being part of our audience. Bye now. Thanks, Dante. Bye. You're you're welcome. You're welcome. Bye now.